What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Hoops Podcast. I'm Ibrahim. I'm here with Yusuf. And today we're going to be talking about Drew Holiday's extension and a bunch of other topics. All right. So first thing, uh, Holiday got an extension. Uh, Yusuf, can you talk about, like, you know, how much it is and, you know, the logistics? Yeah. So it's four years, 160. It's worth up to 160 million. But I think it, they signed it for four years, 135. But again, the incentives are up to 160 million. And, you know, I, I, I haven't researched like the guaranteed money and all that. But I think that um, I think this is a pretty good signing. But uh, he's like 31 years old. And, I, you know, actually, like I heard like the, the NBA, they're going to have like um, I think players are going to make more money in like two or three years because there's a new TV TV deal coming out. So I think that maybe the Bucks could have gotten like cheap because let's say he signed like when the new TV deal came. Cause I know like I saw something today where it was like, if Curry signs an extension this summer, he'll like sign it for like four years. He can make up to like four years, 200. And like, I think it was like 15 or like uh, $20 million. And then if, if he waits like one more year, it can be like five years, like $300 million. And then if he waits like two years, it can be like five years, like 300 and like 30 or something million dollars so I think that if you think about it like they could they could have gotten much expensive like he could have asked for much more but right now in the current market I think that he is like I mean they're valuing him like he's like a top point guard which he is but uh, Ibrahim what do you think you think he was overpaid or underpaid I think in my opinion like considering like that um you know the market will expand like players will make so much more money like the Bucks could have been really smart in signing him to like an extension that seems like it's expensive right now, but in three years it'll seem like a really good deal. Uh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing, right? So when you look at it, like just looking at his stats, right? Uh, just his bare stats, right? And you look at how much he's getting paid, it'll always it's gonna seem like an uh like an overpay, right? Because this year, in 2021, he's averaging 17 points a game, five assists, uh, shooting well from three, 39%, and 50% from the field. He's really decent, but, like, it doesn't seem like the stats that would, like, yield you, like, you know, $40 million a year, four years, $160 million, right? But he's just one of those players that's really underrated. Like, like, he's one of those players he can shoot, right? And in the playoffs, he's not a liability because he's – a good defender so like in the playoffs you can't like attack him on defense constantly like like you know like Kemba like like the Heat did to Kemba against the Celtics right so like in that case his value goes down but he's like one someone who's really valuable in that point of view his defense is really good I think for once you said yeah I agree like uh coming up you know money is always increasing like NBA players are making more and more role players be making like lots of money uh so this is like a no-brainer especially for the bucks you know when you're like a small market right it's you gotta pay you gotta pay up if you want to keep players like chris middleton like Giannis's co-stars basically you gotta pay up uh and that's what they did and yeah i mean they had they had no choice because they can't afford to lose him in wait, two or three one, years wait, one interesting thing is like i think like the the trio like Giannis, chris middleton and Drew Holiday, I think they're locked up for like the next two years. So I think that that's like, you know, it gives them like chemistry. And you know, I don't like. I think the Bucks are going all in. So I think like one further question is like, what 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 would be your reaction if like the Bucks choke? Like, 
is this move signaling like the fact that they're all in right now and that if they don't win then like do you think they're gonna like destroy the whole thing or do you think they're gonna go like okay we're gonna try this out for two or three years you know if this doesn't work we, we might trade and you have to remember they also got pj tucker so i think they are an aggressive team but i don't know like do you think these pieces can lead to a championship um i think it depends on their chemistry whether it leads to a championship or not because right now like if you look at it in the east right number one is 76ers right but then in the playoffs you don't know and beat balls out in the playoffs but ben simmons He's had some zero-point games. I know he had a zero-point game in the playoffs before, and people can sag But that was because he was injured. Like, last season, he was injured. And you could they got swept by the Celtics. I don't know if they got swept by... Like, I mean, like, a couple years ago, three years ago, oh, okay. he had a zero-point game against the Celtics. He wasn't injured. He was just trashed, really, because this, Brad Stevens' game plan was working really well against him that game, I guess. Um, and so, number one is the Sixers, right? Number two is the Nets. And at number three is the Bucks. okay? Hey, hey, the Bucks Atlanta's, have better... Atlanta's rising, but like if you look at the Nets, like do you think the Bucks like with their three people, like the Bucks trio is not the same as the Nets trio? Like the Nets have three Hall of Famers walking. Exactly. Yeah, but that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, exactly. So like, if but chemistry, I feel like beats raw talent. Like if you think about, like I'm thinking about like the, I'm not trying to compare that big three OKC team, the failed OKC three. Uh, OKC team from like a couple of years ago to this because this one is clearly like 10 times better but uh if you remember a couple of years ago two or three years ago it was like Carmelo Anthony Russell Westbrook and Paul George right all three of it if all three of them were in their primes right hey, and they were all three well Steven okay I guess you could say Steven Adams hey but... he's a good defender he's in that Andre Roberson who was actually healthy during that time yeah, so that in theory that should have been a great team because all three of those players were beasts in their primes. Carmelo was like a scoring champion, you know. I don't know if he actually won the scoring title, but he was he took the Nuggets far in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure he made it to like I know the second round he almost made it to the Western Conference Finals, I'm pretty sure at one point. But regardless, um they didn't have chemistry, right? And they just didn't mesh together and like Carmelo, I don't know, the media kept reporting on he had some attitude issues. I don't know if that's true because you can never, the media m- likes to make up BS for no reason a lot of the time, but like their chemistry was ruined and, you know, they got eliminated by a rookie Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs. And I'm not trying to compare these nets to them because they're clearly way better. But if they don't have chemistry, then the same thing could happen. They could get eliminated by a Bucks team that has great chemistry, meshes well, plays good defense. And maybe then the Bucks could go to the finals against. I don't know if the Lakers can make it from the West this year because like LeBron's injured, AD's injured. Uh, they got like a decent supporting cast, but like I feel like the Nuggets are balling out too. Uh, you know, like the Clippers are good this year also, and I don't know if you would consider the Jazz like full-on contenders. They are having like a really good regular season, so you know you don't really know. You, like you know, that's saying. so interesting, like, what you were saying was, like, I thought you were going to compare the, um, I thought you were going to compare the, like, the the Thunder, like, that with Carmelo, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook, and Stephen Adams and Andre Roberson to the Milwaukee Bucks, because the Bucks, like, you know, they have, like, a reigning MVP, they have, like, these pieces, and, like, they, like, they acquired a lot, like, if you think about the Thunder when they got Paul George, like, 
they had to give up Oladipo, Sabonis, a bunch of first round picks. And I, I thought like, I mean, that, that was my initial like thought was, I was like, this does remind me of that Oklahoma City Thunder uh, team in the sense that like, you know, they're winning right now. And I don't know if it's enough, like, because during that time they had to beat the Warriors and the Warriors were like really, really good. Um, like they had like three superstars basically. And I mean, they did have good chemistry at the, uh, that was also pretty important, but um, I thought like, you know, the Bucks, the Bucks are kind of similar to like the Thunder in the sense, like there's not a true, like, you know, in the playoffs, they're, like, they're a totally different team. Like um, I, I don't know how the chemistry is because like the Bucks, like last two, three years, they've been the number one seed and every single time, like they just disappoint us. But last year, like Giannis got injured, so you can't say anything. And a lot of teams like, you know, Miami, they built the wall. So it's going to be interesting to see how Drew Holiday, like, you know, impacts that. And also, like, I don't know about how P.J. Tucker will be in the playoffs because, like, you know, you could just tell, like, last last year, um, my, what basically Miami did to Milwaukee was that, you know, they built a wall and they just dared other shooters to shoot. And, like, this season, like, you got P.J. Tucker, who's a shooter. So, I mean, but Drew Holiday, you know, he can, like, you know, drive, penetrate, create offense for himself. I don't know if PJ Tucker can do the same. And I don't know, are like the Bucks like basically the same as last year? Because every year, like even last year, the whole thing was like, okay, the Bucks are not like, um, the Bucks are true contenders because they learned from their playoff mistakes. And then what ended up happening was like Giannis got injured and like everyone was like, yeah, this is basically the same team. And this year it's like kind of the same narrative. And right now they're under the radar. And I don't know, I don't know if they're going to really like, get to the next level and uh yeah yeah i mean here's the thing right so one thing i feel is that mike budenholzer's teams consistently underachieve in the playoffs like if you remember when he was coaching the hawks they underachieved in the playoffs they were the first seed right and for the past two or three years you can say okay fine last year doesn't count because the honest got injured but like even before then they were really like his, he was now making adjustments in late game situations to like carry them to wins and stuff. And like, he needs to create some kind of new offense. Cause like when people, you know, focus in on Giannis, he needs to be able to have some other sets that he runs or something to get other players open. And also there's a problem that Eric Bledsoe was there and he can't shoot. Uh, and so you have a non-shooting point guard with Giannis who also can't shoot. And they were sacking off of Bledsoe and Bledsoe was useless. Uh, that was another thing. And Bledsoe was playing like garbage, but he's still giving him minutes for some stu- stupid reason. Um, that's, I think, another thing that led to their downfall for the past two or three years. Um, so we'll have to see if Mike Bunhoser can actually do his job properly. I mean, like, he- he's been underachieving or I mean, he might get fired, right? Because sometimes playoff success, if you don't have enough of it, even with a talented championship-level roster, you can get fired. Well, I mean, uh, <clears throat> the Bucks' expectation this year based on their signings is that they have to like, I mean, they're, they're paying people as if like they're on the championship this year. So I don't know, like if like, you know, uh, the owner of the box is like, okay, if we don't win a championship, we're getting rid of him. I mean, that was like, I mean, the Warriors with David with Mark Jackson was a little bit different because Mark, I think Mark Jackson had some like issues with the owner. I don't know. There was like something like that. Yeah. There was some issue between them. So I don't know, like, you know, because, you know, maybe, all it takes for the Bucks is like a new coach, a new uh, person to come in and direct the troops. But I like, you know, remember like when Mike Budenholzer got hired, like Jason Kidd, like, you know, Mike Budenholzer took Giannis's game to like one huge step from Jason Kidd. 
So if they get a new coach, like maybe that new coach can take this team one uh, step ahead. Yeah, I agree. It really, we'll have to see whether Mike Boonholzer can break his uh, poor track record of playoff uh, failures. Uh, we'll have to see. Uh, next up, um, you know, uh, there's been recently a bunch of buyouts, like Andre Drummond got bought out to the Lakers, uh, you know, Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge, they both went to the Nets. So you've seen like some quality, at least you can say quality level NBA players going to big market teams. And a lot of small market GMs are mad about that. They've been talking to the NBA about it, saying that there's a buyout problem. So do you think there's a buyout problem? Or do you think it was just like, there just happened to be a situation in one season where Blake Griffin is, you know, not doing well on the Pistons, tail end of his prime, and happens to get a buyout, right, out of a big contract, or and LaMarcus Aldridge, another player out of his prime, basically, also on another big contract, also getting bought out. Same thing with Andre Drummond, except Andre Drummond is in his prime, 27 years old. Do you think it was just a weird situation where all that happened and they happened to go to big market teams, or do you think it's like a genuinely a problem? So Jalen Rose was saying like, it is an issue. And I, I agree with him. And like his whole thing was like, his solution was that the buyout market, like they should, there should be a deadline on buyout market and there should, the deadline for the buyout market should be the same as the NBA tra- trade deadline. So that like, you know, like, let's say like your team and you want to trade for LaMarcus Aldridge, but you you're starting to like hear rumors that like oh like he might just be bought out and all that so like you know it's like unfair for a team to just like give all these assets to um, another team that you know uh, a person is going to leave like eventually and you know uh, that's one thing and I also think like he's also saying like it's bad for the NBA where like players they can just like play bad for like you know 10-15 games and then just get traded to a team that they want and it's not like fair because you know you're getting paid to be like a top player and if you're not uh, playing to those standards or if you like if you want to go to another team and then you say okay the only way I can get to the other team is if I play terrible and if I play terrible then that means I can get traded so like what this sent like this message what this sends is like okay a message to other players that okay if I if I play bad even though I'm a good player I can still get traded and that's bad for the NBA because you want competition. You want it to be like, um, you want to have like, you know, games that like, you don't just want to have like a big difference between one, two, you want to have competition basically. So I think it's bad in the sense that, you know, players, I don't think it's bad that players can choose their own destiny. I just think that if players like there should be like regulations about it. Um, And I think that like, if you have regulations and if you kind of send like these type of messages to players that you know if you're if you if you like get all this money like you, you need to play to these standards and um like he was also suggesting Jalen Rose like he said like um part of like the new salary negotiations like there should be an incentive for players to play regular season games because a lot of players are resting so it's not making like you know if as a fan if I buy like a ticket that's like $30 I buy it to see like superstar players I don't buy it to see like bench players so um that was pretty interesting too yeah I agree I know a lot of people before the Blake Griffin buyout they said that Blake Griffin was playing trash on purpose for the Pistons 
uh, because I know there was some weird stat like he hadn't dunked in two years because he'd been injured. And like since he came back, he hadn't dunked the ball in the game. And people were saying he's washed. But then after he went to the Nets, I'm pretty sure he had a dunk in his first game or something or like a second game. People were like, yeah, oh, yeah. well, he'd been playing trash on purpose just so he can get a buyout. Uh, I think it is a little, like slightly a problem. Here's why, right? These were, I don't have a problem with Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge because, like, let's be honest, right? They were washed. Okay. I mean, Blake Griffin, he's still not doing much on the Nets either. He's doing something, but like, he's not no superstar. Okay. He's, he was washed. And LaMarcus Aldridge, he's really old now. And a big man, when he gets old, is basically a defensive liability because he can't move his feet at all. So they were both washed. I, I think the big problem people had was Andre Drummond because. He's 27 years old in his prime, right? And he was like, you know, people have their criticisms. I, I usually say that his block stats are like pretty misleading because like he has a lot of other issues. Like so he doesn't always try on defense. Even if you get two blocks a game, like he doesn't have a lot of like, you know, advanced stats. They don't really support him a lot. Like contests and stuff like that. He doesn't get a lot of those. Um, like for Like for someone like Gobert, all the advanced stats like really support him. Like they would be like, oh, contest per game he leads the league in those and Andre Drummond really doesn't have any of that so people have their criticisms of him but he's still in his prime right and a prime 27 year old making 30 million dollars a year getting bought out to uh basically a big market team and the big market team got him for nothing right they signed him to what a pretty small contract that's what people said was kind of overpowered because like why ever trade for like anybody if you can just buy them out right it just if that player plays trash on purpose or something like that because uh, people could have traded for him and they would have given up real assets but la got him for nothing so i think that's kind of that's a problem and there should be something where like you know like you have to give up something like you have to give up like a second round pick if you want to buy up buy out somebody at least it's something right like well it can't just you, be nothing but right? you know what's actually interesting was like okay the nba like they had a problem like like two, three years ago, where like essentially, like if you were the ninth, tenth, like any, if you weren't the eighth spot and you were below the eighth seed, then basically teams nine through like 12, they're like, okay, we're not going to make the playoffs, so we're going to tank. But then the NBA was like, we don't like this idea of tanking and that people like, you know, they came up with this whole competition, like the play in tournaments. So essentially, like instead of having like four teams tank, you're only having like, you're reducing that by two and that, you know, you're making them, you're making the game competitive, but the, the play-in was as a result of like teams tanking and they wanted to, to make the game competitive. So I think the NBA should do something similar where it's like there should be an incentive for players to stay with their teams. And I know that there is like in a sense you can make more money and et cetera. But I think that like maybe that's a good idea where you have to give up a second round draft pick or something because I mean, you have to really think about it. Like the original idea of buyout was that, okay, you don't like, like you, you, I think like Sam Cassell was like the first person that they bought out or something where he was on the Celtics and Danny Ainge, he tried to make something work. But what ended up happening was like, you know, it never uh, worked out. But um, he, Sam Cassell, he played like 70% of the season and they tried everything and then nothing worked. So then they eventually bought him out. But nowadays, like, like players, they see it as a total different way, like almost like a loophole to get into wherever you want to go, basically. So I think that the NBA should try to, um, you know, try try to find some way to, to go about it. I don't know if it's gonna affect like the player's salary because you want to make the player happy, but you also like, 
like what wait what do you think about like how people like you know it's a common thing where it's like okay if you're a free agent and like for instance rondo like he signed with the atlanta hawks because like he wanted to get the, the most amount of money but in the back of his mind he was thinking oh i might get traded so i want to sign for the most amount of money and if i get traded well like you know because you, no contender is going to sign like like rondo for like 10 7.5 million like you know they're only going to sign him like they don't even have enough cap space so uh like what do you think about that idea like like going somewhere like do you think like in the sense that like players like like do, do you do, like what do you think about the idea where like players they just sign for the most amount of money and then like eventually like they in the back of their mind they're like i'm not i'm not gonna play here for a long term or even if i do play like I, I'm just going to play bad so I can just eventually get onto another team. Yeah, I don't think that's, I think that's a bad thing for the league. Like, you sign somewhere, you're supposed to play like well, right? If you don't want to be there, then don't sign there. If they're offering you the most money, then you have to do your job and do it how, do it well, right? I think playing bad uh, on purpose to get a buyout is really not good. And like, you could get trade. It depends how much value you have. Like, if you have enough value to the point where you could get traded somewhere, then you could get traded. But no, but but here's the issue. Blake Griffin, like, it was the same thing. But the issue was that you know he was like not playing to where like people thought he was gonna be, and he had a forty million dollar contract. Like, ain't nobody gonna pay forty million dollars to like trade for Blake Griffin. Like, in a sense that it's like back to my point was like, uh, like. Dude, I don't know if it's the team's fault because they had they actually had like expectations that Blake Griffin was gonna ball out, but like, um, you know, it, it's like a team like a team is kind of stuck because you you have a bad contract. It's like the Lakers, like the Lakers are still paying Luol Deng. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's a weird thing. The buyout whole thing, it's it's just a weird thing. I think they just gotta change it somehow because like. Buyout basically allows a team to get a player after the trade deadline for nothing, or like a minimum contract, right? That's basically what it does. And this year, it, it's been a thing, right? It's been a thing, but like usually it would be in past years, it would be like a contender would sign, uh, you know, buy out somebody who's like a random role player on a trash team, and they'll just get them for the playoffs, and they usually won't even do that much. They'll just like maybe play some minutes, maybe not. But either way, they would just do it to bolster their depth or whatever. But now it's just this year, it's been a thing because there's been three players, each of them playing trash, each of them on big contracts that can't be traded because they're not good enough to be traded. And then two of them were at the tail end of their prime. That's why they weren't able to get traded because they're not good enough, but they were still on big contracts. And so teams ended up getting them for nothing. Those I didn't really have a problem with Lamarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin because Blake Griffin hasn't been like the greatest. He's not back to his old twenty-six point per game self on the Nets. Obviously, like he's not even playing like that. But uh, Andre Drummond is just a real thing. Like he's he's not going to average the same eighteen and twelve, or like he averaged eighteen and fifteen rebounds. But he's like. The thing is, he's still in his prime. He's not no washed player, and the Lakers got him for nothing. That, wait, that's wait, the whole problem. Wait. Do you think buyout the buyout market should even exist? Because, like, the players are sacrificing their money, but they're going to a good team. But that gives like a competitive disadvantage. So, 
I mean, like the only way, so like, let's say you're a player and you're on a bad team, but you're a good player and you want to go. So either you can get traded, but the problem is if you get traded, like the other team, like they'll ask for a lot of assets because they know that you want to go there. Or you can like, I don't know if you can retire, but I'm pretty sure you lose like your whole salary. And I don't know if people are going to do that. Like in football, I know some guy like retired. So he wouldn't be with the team. And then like, was it basically a free agent? And then like he signed with another team. So do you think that the buyout market should exist? Like, do you think that should be an option? Or do you think like, like, like what other options should it be? It's like, if you don't have the buyout market and a player wants to leave, like what options does a player have? Um, so here's what I think the league should do, right? This year, let's be honest, the buyout market was kind of abused for big market teams. All right. We can say that that's fine. Right. And I understand why small town, small market GMs are pissed. Right. But this might've been just one of those, a weird year where it was just a coincidence that like these three big buyouts happened. Right. And let's see, let's say, let's see next year. Right. If the NBA wants to look at next year and see if the same thing happens and players really start using it as a loophole, then change the rules. That's fine. But like, if it goes back to the same thing like next year, where oh maybe a couple role players get bought out to contenders and they play some minutes there, then that's fine. But not big stars who are playing trash on purpose. That then that's a problem. And if that happens next year, then yeah. And if players start seeing it as a loophole, then yes, you can you can change the rules. But as of right now. This might have just been like a weird year where it's a coincidence that all three of these things happened. Um, so yeah, I think that's where it stands with the NBA. Um, yeah, what do you what do you think the NBA should do? Do you think they should change the rules immediately, or do you think they should wait maybe a couple years to see how it goes? I think that I think that I kind of agree with you. Like they should wait, but I think that they should be they should be thinking in the back of their mind. Like if people do abuse this, like what are we gonna do? Like the play-in tournament was a genius idea, but, like, I think Sam Hinkie was, like, the first person to, like, intentionally tank, and then, you know, it got worse and worse, and, I mean, like, the NBA, like, you know, sometimes the NBA has to adjust to players' needs, like, for instance, like, um, like, the whole wrestling situation where it was, like, players, like, people want to see, like, star players play, but then the NBA was, like, okay, star players can rest on non on non-televised games, like, national games, like, ESPN or ABC, but like if it's like a local game, then they can rest. So I think like the NBA has to think about something. And I think that if like players start using it as like, you know, a loophole, then I think that maybe they should completely remove it. Or do you, or I think that teams should like surrender like a pick. But I don't know, like it, I don't know if it'd be fair for the team because but it actually was the team's fault because they traded for the player or they signed that player. So Maybe they might eventually have to like surrender a pick or like, I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it's a weird thing. I think the NBA just has to monitor the situation. Uh, but yeah, that's it for this episode. Uh, see y'all next time. Peace.